So today we continue through John 6, and the Lord is beginning to talk to the people that are listening to him uh, on the Sea of Galilee about this bread from heaven. And it talks about uh, obviously tying into the, the Israelites uh, when they were in the desert in Egypt, receiving food when they had none, and this beautiful sort of dialogue of, of this bread that would last forever. It's like, that's a pretty good thing to have a meal that would last forever because while specifically as Americans in our time, we realize that we're going to need to eat again. As good as a food, meal, nourishment might be, could be the best steak, pasta, very delicate sort of thing, you're going to be hungry again in a few hours. I had a nice meal last night with the Father Jack and Monsignor Deutsch. We were celebrating his ordination of the priesthood. He wasn't able to have a reception last year. It's very nice. I'm hungry right now. I'm usually hungry. When you're eating, you know you're going to want to eat again. But when it comes to being satisfied, you know, sometimes we wonder, you know, can we be perfectly satisfied? Can we be content? And sometimes you see it. Sometimes, you know, you can see a creature you know, perfectly happy. My grandma's dog, little rat, little, little black teacup pony, you know, not the biggest fan. And when you come over, he gets super excited. He wants to jump up and say hello. And after about five seconds, he's not interested in me. But when my grandma is in the room, he's obsessed. Like all he wants to do and will not stop yapping until she picks him up and he'll like wrap his little like four ounce body around her neck like a scarf, wag its little tail, and he's content. He doesn't need a thing in the world. He's perfectly happy within his capacity. But obviously, human beings, we're a little more con uh, complex. We're, it's going to take more than a hug from Grandma, while super delightful, to make us perfectly happy. We need more than that. And I think back to being, you know, like an 18, 19-year-old kid and just graduated from high school. I was 18. Working at a grocery store, and it was one of these, you know, sort of long days of summer, probably a Sunday. I wasn't super excited about working and you had to go push carts. They're not these nice light plastic carts that they have nowadays. They're these heavy, clunky metal carts that got stuck together and you're pushing around and tearing your rotator cuff, trying not to get killed in the parking lot. You know, it's, it's a little manual work. And it was one of those moments when the Powerball was something ridiculous like $685 million or something along those lines. You know, and the odds of getting struck by lightning while being eaten by a shark is better than winning. But one can dream, right? So I'm pushing my cards and I'm like, man, I'm gonna get a ticket and if I win the Powerball, infinite money. I'll have all the things, I'll buy a couple houses, a few cars, you know, I'll finally get my golf clubs fitted, they'll be the right ones, because of course it's the golf clubs and that's why I'm not good at golf. And then I'll get some lessons and I'll be able to play all the time. And you know, life would be so wonderful. And God, I'd be so generous. I'd build you a church somewhere, just ask. I'd give you like 17%, that's more than the 10%. <laughs> but of course, I never won the Powerball. You probably would have heard. And there's this carrot 
that gets dangled in front of us where we think, you know what, if I had all the money in the world, then my problems would go away. And for the 99.99% of us who don't win an Olympic gold or hit the heights of celebrity, there's always sort of that lie that the devil can play with us where he's like, if you just had this much more, then you'd be happy. Then you'd be satisfied. But we can look at those who have achieved that tiny sliver of success and be like, they're happy, right? They made it. They climbed to the mountain. They're perfectly content. They have everything they want, right? We look at like Michael Phelps, who as great as some of the Olympics, like that swimmer Caleb is having, you know, Michael has way more medals than he is, for years struggled with crippling depression. And Bob Dylan, one of the greatest musicians of all time, you know, he made that statement a number of years ago. He said it takes acquiring the, the whole world to realize it's not going to count. It's not going to fill it. It's not going to cut it. And to quote James Bond, you know, the world simply is not enough. It can be a gift sometimes to get everything because most of us, we're in the rat race. We're trying to get after it. But no matter where we are, whether we have nothing, which cheat code, they're usually happier, or we have the most success if we place that God-sized hole in our heart on something other than God, it's not gonna fit. Even the most beautiful friendships, marriages, wonderful, beautiful gift from God and worth celebrating. If you had the perfect marriage and they were totally selfless and in love, if they put each other as their foundation on which they were trying to achieve the happiness and to make themselves content, that's not fair. That's not fair to a wife. That's not fair to a husband. To try to have them take the place of God, we were created for something more. We were created for something that does not pass away, something does not age, something that does not rust, but endures. And he's in this church. The bread that came down from heaven that gift that we're going to be receiving, that no matter where we're at in our spiritual journey, we take for granted and are invited to grow in deeper love with him, he's here with us, just asking, why are you looking anywhere else? I'm right here, and I want to be with you.